First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the January 31st edition. I was going to say like 76th because it feels like this month has gone on forever, but that joke's tired. About as tired as I am of this month, to be honest with you. Um, This is a fun show, though. We've got uh, Stafford and Goff trade to talk about. We didn't. A gift from on high came down upon us. So we're going to talk about that trade. We're going to talk about who we think won what the rationale is for both sides, if there was one. Um, and then we're going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to go in on some props, talk a little bit about the game overall, and uh, get out of here, get you started off on Super Bowl week the right way. Let's rock. pff.com for you to get involved with and to make it even sweeter super bowl 25 is the promo code you need to use to get 25 percent off any annual subscription it's super easy and here's the thing no matter what you're into there's an awesome subscription for you the edge subscription gets you the draft guide the 2021 draft guide just came out last week and another edition an update is coming out the day after the super bowl plus you get all of pff's premium content so you can get all the advice you need for the Super Bowl, that's an Edge subscription. The Elite subscription gives you my favorite thing in the entire world, the PFF Props tool. It's got hundreds of props for the Super Bowl. So if you're trying to enjoy the Super Bowl and you don't have that, I just, I can't help you, okay? So use the promo code Super Bowl 25 get either an Edge or an Elite subscription for 25% off. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Go to pff.com right now and make it happen. I heard that... Uh, we both reacted to the, the, exact, the trade the exact same way, which was retweeting Schefter with the words, holy shit. <laughs> so well, As do, you want we to, do. do you want to expound upon that? Well, I thought the best part was, so, you know, with no football, and I'm not going to count the senior bowl. There's no football for like a week mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, I've been trying to like watch new shows and movies with my wife and stuff. I was a glass and a half in of wine (laughs) and I'm like, this is just the right amount of like, you know, of joy, of joy to write this article. So I, I jumped on it. I was like, you know, let's, let's, let's write a little bit about this. And I, I can't help, but think about this as like a complete system failure in some ways for, for the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't think that anybody the, the blame can't be concentrated, right? So on one end, how much do you really blame Jared Goff? I mean, the guy, you know. I think, get, I think he deserves zero blame. I mean, you, what are you blaming him you for? You get drafted by Jeff Fisher, you know, uh, you're the cornerstone of the franchise. They trade up for you, right? So they've already spent multiple first round picks oh, I, on you. I've got a nice thing here. And then they, they get Sean McVay, who elevates your play to a level where I think a lot of us, especially as a, you know, you watch that Monday night game against Kansas City that was supposed to be Mexico that was ended up in LA. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you can win with this player. Maybe not because of this player, but he was he was kind of on the border of winning because of. I mean, some of the throws he made in that game were really good. And and then at the same time, and I just tweeted this, the, he was who he was, right? Like after that game in 2018, the year they went to the Super Bowl, his PFF grade was 22nd in the NFL. It was behind 
Trubisky, bad Josh Allen, Nick, your guy Nick Mullins. Oh, everything fell off. I mean, they went to the Chicago. He had one of the worst games we've Six ever seen. Six and a half yards per passing. It was I mean, terrible. Fucking Matt Patricia was the one who like laid out the blueprint for, for how to defense. stop that offense. <laughs> and so, granted, Goff deserves some blame for never improving, right? Like, I think fundamentally he's the same guy today, now as a fucking Detroit Lion, as he was in week 11 when he was roasting Kansas City. It's just that the, I think the, the obvious mismanagement here was Sean McVay believing that it didn't matter that like he could and it's not his and it's not his job to be like okay if he makes x amount more i'm gonna lose a brandon cooks mm -hmm. i'm gonna lose the john sullivan i'm gonna injuries are gonna happen to whitworth roger staffold's gonna go to tennessee and our defense granted defense got better this year but it wasn't quite as good a season ago special teams got worse all that kind of stuff it, it's not the coach's fault to make that calculation in his head so ultimately does this fall on less need in saying you know what do you like as far as like why why was there no pushback or is it the league as a whole because the league as a whole refuses right now to have tough conversations about quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield about quarterbacks like like Lamar Jackson about quarterbacks like Jared Goff like they just refuse like this guy if you've achieved a level of competence at the quarterback position you're ding ding paid. ding you're the you're next deal paid. okay so let's uh let's set the table for what you're talking about the system failure it goes back to trading for Jared Goff in the first place. So they go trade for Jared Goff. They give up two first-round picks. They trade with the Titans. They move up from 15 to 1 to get Jared Goff. So they give up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two third-round picks. Now, there's a self-fulfilling prophecy to that, which you've talked about. By the way, our boss, Chris Collinsworth, predicted this trade, by the way, in his mock draft in 2016 or whatever that basically was. basically Tony Romo. Yeah. So they want Jared Goff to be good, right? And then all of a sudden, he is with the right scheme and the right coach, and it starts to wane. And we've heard from different sources that Jared Goff and Sean McVay didn't get along too great right and there was a little bit of a disconnect in the work ethic between the two which i think spins forward to why this trade ultimately happened which is matt stafford coming to the rams and the rams giving up two first round picks 22 and 23 a third round pick this year and jared goff so all in all in return for matt stafford they've given up four first round picks two second round picks and three third round picks and that, when you put it all in that context, you're like, holy cow. I mean, Matt Stafford's a fine quarterback, but what's his ceiling? He has three years in our system of earning top 10 wins above replacement. I mean, he's nice. Here's the thing about Stafford, though, that, that I have a problem with. Stafford is not impervious to outside conditions. And this Rams team is going to be nothing but outside conditions for the foreseeable future. I mean... They. This is their third defensive coordinator as many years, right? We saw how one parentheses one injury to that defense made them unplayable in the divisional round against Green Bay. Yeah, it's a. It's to be remembered that Jared Goff was not the reason they yeah, lost they, that game. Yeah, they got Jared rolled Goff in that game. Fine in that yeah. game. And again, the offensive line they got better than they expected play this year out of them. But their their left tackle is like forty years old. Mm -hmm. They're you know. They drafted Van Jefferson high. He didn't pan out that well. Josh Reynolds worked out okay this year. You're, you're getting top-end play out of Robert Woods. You're getting top-end play out of Cooper Cup. How long does that continue? Well, right? I, like You could make the case, and this was something that I wanted to ask you, is Stafford going – now, he's certainly going to a better offensive scheme. Yeah. But is he actually getting better playmakers? I don't know. I mean, I think – Kenny I think the Galladay, offensive line in Detroit was fine. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Amendola – uh, TJ Hawkinson was a top 10 tight end. Yeah. And now you're going to Robert Woods, Cooper cup, both nice, but so are Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Who's your, I mean, you know, who's your other receiver, well, plus, Josh Reynolds, and whatever. I, and your tight ends, Gerald Everett's a nice, nice player. He's a guy, what they took in the second round, um, a few years back, like where well, they haven't had a first round pick. So he's basically yeah. been, he's one of their top picks over the fast past few years. I, I think it's very interesting because the assumption is Matt Stafford was just held back by the horribleness, the putrid Detroit Lions. And while you can make some case for that, certainly, um, it's not as if he has 
overcome those and played brilliantly. And that's what, that's what kind of PFF grading is all about, right? Deshaun Watson played for a terrible team this year and managed to earn the third highest grade in the, in the NFL. You haven't seen that from Matt Stafford, right? You have not seen him overcome circumstance, but I want to put that in, in air quotes because he's had great talent on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. And, um, and so it's interesting. The assumption that he is just going to be a massive upgrade over Jared Goff, I think is very interesting. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think that this trade, so they gave up two firsts and Jared Goff, my immediate thought was one of those first round picks was to say, hey, thank you for taking Jared yeah, Goff's yeah, yeah. contract. Here's a first. Do you think that's the case? Uh, well, there are reports that are saying that Detroit wants Goff or wanted Goff, which I think is, I think is I, Peter given, Schrager, given what the, given what the head coach of the Detroit Lions has said over the, over the first part of his tenure there. And given who his offensive coordinator is, I do think that there is a kernel of truth in the idea that the Lions think, and granted, and we wrote about this last night in the article. I describe the Vikings and the Bears as rudderless. They are rudderless franchises. They don't have a direction. They're they're not good. And if you're the Detroit Lions, there's part of you that says, oh, and this is why everybody at plus 900, plus 800, plus 700, plus, we're buying into Detroit going into the season. Minnesota and Chicago are directionless franchises right now. Mm -hmm. And the, and the Green Bay Packers are one personnel decision away from starting Jordan Love at quarterback. If you're the Detroit Lions, you come out of this thinking, okay, I if, if things go right, we could win in 2021 with Jared Goff and, and an improving team just by virtue of who are the six games we get against these three teams alone. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what you do know is those three franchises I'm talking about are not moving in the same direction as you, right? F prime for the, the, the Detroit Lions is higher than any other NFC North team. So I can see the golf thing making sense from the perspective of, look, we've already, we've gone, look, think about the direction this franchise has gone. 2017, they're nine and seven. With, with Jim Caldwell. They don't make the playoffs. They lose to a Bengals team over here that was just brutal. And it's like, well, this isn't good enough. And then for three years, they win, what, 14 games? There's probably some people in that franchise that feel some pressure to win. And win right now. Which I think you and I would scoff at. But if you do look and you take inventory of the NFC North... I, it, this isn't the NFC West. And that's part of the Stafford thing, too. Stafford goes from an NFC North that's kind of weak, in my opinion, and goes to an NFC West where he's not the best quarterback still. He might no. not, depending upon how the whole trade thing shakes out, especially if they get Watson, or San Francisco gets Watson. He could be the fourth he best could be quarterback. The, exactly. And, and the fourth best prospect at quarterback. So Peter Schrager reports that there were multiple teams that viewed Goff, a 25-year-old quarterback, highly would have given up actual value for him. That, to me, makes this trade more concerning. So I was talking myself into this not being this is a so dump. much. They're, this is a salary dump for, 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 uh, for Goff. That, well, that's what I assume. Yeah, and I that, too. Right. And that made me think about this trade differently because in order for them to get rid of Goff and also get a quarterback in return, there aren't many teams that are going to do that. Yep. So when you look at it through that lens and you go, okay, if Stafford's a marginal improvement, and we're going to go through his numbers here in a second, I can kind of see where they're getting at. But if you could have gotten something for Goff, to me, this is an astronomically disgraceful trade yeah. to the point where... I mean, I think about the – so your option should have been Deshaun Watson first, right? If You you should be trying to get Deshaun Watson, and if that fails, you should be moving on. If, to which if case, Goff, if Houston's Goff, a freaking mark, right? If, if Goff is an asset, then how are you not leveraging that to try and get Deshaun Watson? Well, that's what I'm saying. If if there's a team out there that that, that is and, – and granted, we could, Houston could be – digging their heels in and if i, I they are and they I, certainly and are if i were houston probably like we talked about this long but i probably would too 
you know, because if I'm, if I got myself into this situation and then all of a sudden I had an epiphany that I need to get my shit in order, mm -hmm. right? Which is, if you're a Houston Texans fan, that's what you got to be praying for, yeah. right? Then you, you try, you do everything that you can to make it work with Watson because that's really, but like, that's the issue is I think that the entire league, and do you, do you believe, George, do you believe that Stafford was worth jumping the gun for? See, could, that's that, the thing. It, so he, I was trying to think of analogies, right? And I almost when so Dan Campbell, we've talked about yeah, Dan yeah, Campbell yeah. a bunch, right? But I actually think I actually think Dan Campbell was kind of he kind of he he did some things I was impressed with. Here's what he did: he came out and he said, "quote The trade talks for Matt Stafford are getting hot and, and heavy." heavy. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I, and, well, by the way, no, whether he not let, me, even let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> Okay, we've seen the picture of him in his office, and someone tweeted out, this looks like someone who's preparing to sell 15 Ford F-150s this month. And I put it together, and I was like, the Rams basically showed up to a car lot and got sold a car on the, on the uh, premise that, you know, look, this is the last car I've got in the lot, okay? This, this brand-new Honda Accord in black with black leather seats, exactly the specs you want, it's the last one I've got. And I've got 15 people who are gonna want them. Yeah. So you walk out of this lot right now, you're not getting them. That's what this was, wasn't it? Like and, they and, got spooked by, look, by Dan Campbell. I'm willing, look, I think the Dan Campbell experience, whether he's good or not, is gonna be entertaining mm -hmm. as hell. You know, just be the, the, the illustrations. Yeah, Tom exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of you remember in the in the movie A Beautiful Mind where Russell Crowe's character John Nash such a good movie. explains to his friend it, it's 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 a good movie at the beginning. I think it trails at, after, but but at the in the beginning where they're all sitting there and it's sort of where he like quote unquote like thinks about game theory, right? Mm -hmm. And where you know they all are looking at the one girl and there's all the other girls around who are not all that, like we're talking about like 90%, right? Yeah, and yeah. he says, if we all settle for the each, you know, all the other girls, then we're all happy. And you know, that's the, that's the equilibrium here. And like, I can't believe Stafford ended up being the, the, the first girl there. I, I don't get it. And like, and good on Detroit, right? Cause like, think about it. And we'll talk about this. I think you had the, your notes, but like not only getting not only like the the brad holmes thing like they got they had to give two like the two third round picks they got one of those from la back, yeah, they won back for that trade and then and then they got the two first round picks which not only screw over an nfc team that's going you're going to be competing with in your own conference if you're if anything goes well for you mm -hmm. but later right like like, I, I think all of us have various levels of like uh, optimism about what the world's going to be like mm -hmm. in a year or so. But we all know that this draft is going to be one of the toughest ones relative to next the next yeah. few. And the other thing here, if you if the first round pick you draft this year goes well, you're going to be more likely, or, or versus next year or the year after, you're going to be more likely to have the cash to extend the other ones. So it was a good move from Detroit's perspective. I don't know if this was on purpose. Again, we're decisions by front offices in the NFL minus like three or four groups are all a random walk. So yep. we're right. We're, we're giving brilliance. We're yeah. Let's not imbue like yeah. too much credit, but, but aside they, from, but maybe Detroit salesman of the yeah, year, Dan Detroit Campbell. might've lucked into a really good situation here, especially relative to the situation the league is in. This reminds me of an NBA trade where you're first off, potentially giving up a player with a crappy salary and sending a pick out to get rid of them. Yep. But secondarily, you're going all in on right now. And I can't help but think about the Brooklyn Nets, not this recent edition, but the, hey, we're going to bring Pierce, KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen edition. Because you look at the Rams, and the Rams are fragile as hell right now. I mean, if Matt Stafford is not a top seven quarterback, things could really fall apart. Why? Brandon Staley is if, if anyone has not read Robert May's article on Brandon Staley, go read it and you'll understand why that defense was able to take a leap. You've talked about this a lot. Defensive coordinator is the 12th man on the field for the defense and might be the most important. But they're super fragile because of the defense being a top unit this year. It's not going to be next year. Just period. It's not going to be. And then on the offensive side, you have, you're not bringing in anyone new. Right. Right. You don't have you don't have picks to go do it. You don't have money to go do it. Like, 
I, we just talked about their weapons. I, they need more weapons still. I, yeah. I don't know that you can be satisfied with the weapons that they have. The Rams, the Rams on the defensive line missed one start all year. Um, in the in the linebacking core, um, well, sorry, at, at cornerback, they had three corners that combined for forty, sorry, th forty one starts, and they missed four starts from the safety position. I mean, you're you're talking about it. All the important places on that defense, they were extremely healthy all year, and and performed well. Like that's yep. what you want. But the problem is, you can't repeat that. And when you don't get that, how resilient are you? Um, you're going to be less so. And I, I'm just looking over here, the, you know, basically the, the Rams drafts. Like, I think oh. there's a narrative that they do well despite having lower capital. But is there, aside Let, from the 2017 draft, is there evidence that they do? Let's go over their drafts. No, I mean. Okay. So they uh, didn't have a first round. I just wrote down first round picks. They're not going to have one. Uh, they didn't have one last year. Didn't have one the year before in 19. Didn't have one the year before in 18. Didn't have one in 17. In 16, they took Goff. In 15, they took Gurley Todd. Congrats. Wonderful pick. In 14, they took Greg Robinson. What a disaster. And then Aaron Donald, yeah. right? That was the Robert Griffin fleecing. In 2013, they took Tavon Austin. In 2012, they took Michael Brockers. In 2011, they took Robert Quinn. And in 2010, they took Sam Bradford. Okay, so you base and, and the second-round picks have also been decent with Roger Saffold in 2010, um, Janoris Jenkins in 2012. Alec Ogletree sucked, but most of the league thinks he was decent as the second first in 2013. Yeah. But look, if your first just because your yeah. first round picks are bad doesn't mean you're good at drafting second yeah. round players. Well, and there was there's all this, and again, this is ridiculous. All these people are like, look, look at every single first round pick that hasn't worked out. That that's why you should and people ignore the cost control that these picks give rise to. They ignore the like the development aspect that these things give rise to, like what it means to a franchise. Yeah, I mean, like all of those things are good. And, and what it means to a franchise is also it, it cuts both ways because I think the golf extension was yeah is very much a banner hanging pro a banner hanging Look, procedure. Right. Yeah, exactly. They traded so much for him. Yeah, and that's and that's a really tough thing. And and good and granted, this trade here. And I think Leslie talked about it in an interview. It, it gives the impression that they are pragmatic and are willing to walk back a decision they've made. But the decisions they've made are all sort of like a snowball effect mm -hmm. of that issue to begin with, which was we drafted this guy, we want to give him a huge deal, and we want to be able to show every single person we got it right. And when in reality, like the golf thing wasn't even a bad deal from the perspective of the money. It was you signed it after his third year. You have the first round pick. It's a fifth year option. You have a ton of leverage. If you sign a guy in his third year, you're basically foregoing the opportunity. I mean, if you really throw it out there post, I mean, you have four years of relatively re, relatively team-friendly things. The fourth year of the rookie deal, the fifth year option, and two franchise tags. You're saying that you know with a, with almost 95 100% certainty that this guy is a stud. And for you to have said that about Jared Goff after what happened as you illustrated after the Kansas City game is absolutely absurd. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. The first is that if you look at the Rams offense, and I just used expected points added per pass play. 2017 they're ninth, 2018 they're sixth, 2019 they're 15th, and this past year they're 22nd. So McVay looks at that. Now, he's probably not using that data point exactly, but he's looking at the offense going down. And what he's saying is the offensive struggles are Goff's fault and Goff's fault alone. That's what this is saying, right? Because it's saying, look, we're, we don't need to improve anywhere else but quarterback. And this is the quarterback that can get it done. And that, to me, is really interesting because who's to say that maybe some of the struggles were not McVay's scheme becoming something that defenses were able. I mean, Matt Patricia figured it out. And what McVay went to this past year with Goff, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with Stafford, was a shorter passing game, yards after the catch stuff. But that's not where Stafford has excelled. Yeah. I mean, Stafford Stafford has very much struggled in that realm. I mean, he was that's where third he's been in inconsistent. ADOT. He was third in ADOT this year. My my issue with Goff, by the way, or sorry, with, uh, with Stafford, I was going to say this a little bit earlier, but... He, th this sounds silly, but like he, 
when things change, he's always risen above his previous expectations. But the regression has always, has invariably come. When in 20, I think it was 2011, he finally got a chance to start all 16 games. He hurt, hurt his first two years. He was great. He threw like 40 touchdowns, 5,000, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then you saw the regression over time. And then he gets Jim Caldwell, a decent season. Then he starts to regress. They fire the offense coordinator, put the affably named Jim Bob Cooter in there, and he dominates for the second half of 2015. Then Cooter starts to struggle, and what do they do? They get Bevel. And Bevel's great. Stafford plays half a season with Bevel, and we're guilty of this. Everybody is. We all were like, oh, my God, look at this new Stafford. And then what happened this year? Stafford was the 12th best quarterback in terms of PFF war again, despite the fact yeah, Galladay was hurt most of the year, but you have Amendola, you have uh, Marvin Jones, you have Hawkinson who played really well this year, and, and like I, the the thing is, I can see a situation. I think this is gonna. I, I can see a situation where Stafford plays out of his mind for the first six or seven games next year, and the Rams start like four and two, five and two, all that kind of stuff, and eventually i mean it's going to end the same way as it's ended for the rams for the past three four years they finish 10 and 6 they go to the playoffs they they can't compete with a team with a real situ you know a, a real elite quarterback and then and then this team's stare, having a staring contest with you, with each other for the next two years until the, the egg timer goes off yeah it's weird because mcveigh is such a young guy that it's strange to me that they're betting everything on the right now as if they almost want to say, hey, let's try it and let's accelerate ourselves towards a full rebuild if we need to. Because that's what this is getting to. They have no way to really improve their team after this. But I will say this about Stafford, which, which I think is interesting. So if you look at the last three seasons, Stafford compared to Goff, this stuck out to me. Um, they've played, uh, Stafford has played about 300, he's 300 fewer, 350 fewer dropbacks. He has 11 more big time throws but he has almost 30 fewer turnover-worthy plays. And I think it's the it's a microcosm of what Sean McVay could not stand about Jared Goff. There was a lack of, I hate to use this term, but like alphaness to him, right? Like he went out there, there were often times where it looked like he played scared. McVay was obviously always telling him what play to run, you know, until the communication shut off. And he wanted a guy that would actually raise you know the the playing level mm-hmm. uh, you know on top of what he was giving the guy to do right whereas Goff was always just taking it to whatever McVeigh could give him there was never anything that he added on top of it and I think that is those are some of the things you see with Stafford so it's you know it, I can understand where McVeigh is coming from and I can see McVeigh looking at Lafleur this past year with Rodgers who is a savvy smart he gets it like there's no reason to believe that Stafford doesn't get it I mean or that he's not a smart quarterback I mean he's had no coaching consistency and has managed to continue playing quarterback at a pretty high level right so McVay sees LaFleur have success with Rodgers and goes damn it give me a freaking quarterback that knows his ass from a hole in the ground and Stafford more than qualifies for that you know he's gonna be he's 33 I think right now um I also wonder if McVay saw Brady go into Tampa Bay and have success and looks back and thinks about Carson Palmer going to the Cardinals with Arians and having success. And mm-hmm. it's like, when you have that much faith in your ability to coach the offense, you think it's just that one little difference, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I would say where he falls short in this analogy is how little the investment was. I mean, the Palmer trade was to the Raiders, and it was for a first and a second, right. and it was a disaster. The signing of Palmer to the Cardinals was relatively cheap. was relatively cheap. Brady signing with the Bucks cheap as hell. Exactly. Um, you know, the you know I, that's that to me is the difference. But I mean, look, I, as I said early on, it's not it's not McVeigh it's not McVeigh's problem to deal with the cap. Mm-hmm. It's not McVeigh's problem to deal with how do these pieces fit together in a coherent way. It's his job to coach up the players, right? And the problem, I, I think, is just an overall philosophy that first-round picks don't mean anything, which I do think we've gotten to a point where, you know, they, they're they overvalued relative to history. I mean, like, think about it. Your Niners got a first-round pick for Joe Montana when Joe Montana was like 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were not valued back in the day. I mean, the Herschel Walker trade, the Eric Dickerson trade, all that. The Vikings got a first-round pick for Brad Johnson in a trade. So... 
I, you know, the, the pendulum has swung. But, like, but thinking, I mean, there's a difference between the Ravens trading a fifth-round pick for Calais Campbell and a fifth-round pick and Kenny Young for Marcus Peters and then trading th- two ones, Jared Goff, and a three for Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff's PFF passing grade 2018 was 84, 2019, 72, 2020, 72. Matt Stafford's has been 77, 82, and 79. So there is, you know, the, it's like there's a little bit of, man, you really are hoping – that this guy like jumps, you know, into that top level. The 55th big game, it's this weekend, finally. Didn't think we'd make it here, but here we are. 55 is happening in Tampa, Florida. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving new depositors the opportunity of a lifetime. Use promo code PFF when you sign up, and you will have the opportunity to double your money when a single touchdown is scored in the Super Bowl. I anticipate there will be at least one. And that means that you can close out the football season the right way. That helps you double your money for draft props, which are sensational. So we're going to talk about those. Go to DraftKings uh, or the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PFF when you sign up, and you will have that opportunity to just double your money. Second touchdown score, you can go, hey, honey, look, double my money. Look at how sharp I am. Plus, there's the Big Game Prediction Challenge, which has $55 million worth of total prizes. There's an opportunity for you to win 25 k just when you sign up, plus all the different odds boosts that DraftKings has for you. So go download the app and use promo code PFF when you sign up, and all those can be yours. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge. For more details, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or... In Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Because I was tearing out the quarterbacks. And so you've got Mahomes and Watson. I think Watson, you can either have him in like tier two by himself or like fringe tier one if you want. Um, By the way, do you think this makes the Watson – people are saying, like, oh, Watson's going to get like eight first-round picks because of this deal. Does that – No, and and I I was corrected on Twitter, I think, a little bit, which I think is smart. Um, You know, I – I do think that the golf, the golf part of the trade is going to be considered a salary dump. So I don't think people, you know, I said yeah. a, a starting quarterback, two ones and a three for, for, uh, you know, for Stafford. But I, for one, there's the discounting. I'm not discounting the ones around a per year. That's ridiculous. But, but you know, the, I, it'll be, it's a different, it's, it's uh, apples and oranges, I think. Okay, so then you have this next tier. You've got Rodgers, Brady, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, who's in the NFC West. And then you've got another tier where you've got Dak. Maybe Dak jumps into that third tier, right? It's definitely a possibility. He's definitely playing it like he was going to. And then you've got the Cousins, Tannehill, Carr, Ryan group. Um, And then you've got the younger guys. You've got Kyler, Lamar, Baker. The even younger guys, Herbert, Burrow, Daniel Jones. Like, is Stafford's ceiling really getting into the Rodgers, Brady, Allen, Wilson tier? Because I don't think it is. No, it's not. I so mean, he's getting ridiculous. Where Stafford lands to me is in that tier with like maybe Dak, but probably Cousins, Tannehill, Carr, and Ryan. Are you really, is that the guy you're just giving it all up for? I, that's the part that I think. It's tough for me to wrap my head around. No, and it should be because it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it, it shouldn't be that way. Okay, um, here's a question for you: Will uh, will Matt Stafford and the Rams go to a Super Bowl? No. So what you're saying is Jared Goff will take the Rams to more Super Bowls. By the Bowls way, can we Matt pause Stafford. for a second so I know uh, Ben Fox, the guy with, uh, with I believe Visa, Visa now. Yeah tweeted out that like their Super Bowl odds went from 20 to one to 14 into mm-hmm. one for one the limits on those are pretty low yep. and two they're not two-sided markets so I can't just go and lay 14 to one that the Rams are not going to win the yeah, Super yeah. Bowl so people have to be a little bit people have to back the fuck up on this like on the on some of these reportings of like what this does to the betting market yes I don't think it's like it, it's it has show me show me the odds to win the NFC West maybe you know, a market where I can legitimately you can bet the other side, possibly yes. bet the other side, because yeah. it, it's of course they're going to move the odds up. One, it makes for good television, and two, they 
people are going to go bet it. So yeah. you might as well make the odds people, worse. <laughs> people bet it thinking that people didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you know, it's ridiculous. So, Stupid. And it's 20 bucks here, 100 bucks there. There might be some big whale betters, but they don't move the line anyway. So And and I'm willing to get old takes exposed here. I just like that, that's they need to try and win their own division. That's going to be a that well, would be a massive hurdle. And I and I, again, like we don't know. Like so this is this is my thing. Would you rather you go to uh, Bull Sim or whatever it is. If you want to buy a share in one of these two teams, on like Robinhood or something. Well, no, there's a there's a there's a site called Symbol or whatever where you can buy shares in these teams. And I I actually don't know the exact you know, but you can buy like let's say a three year share on either of these two teams. San Francisco is the easy choice, easy choice. Because here's the thing, I was I was setting it up the night the biggest winner in this trade. Were the Niners, right? Because the Niners didn't end up having to give up anything. To, they didn't have to give up too much for a slight improvement, if that, at quarterback yeah. in Matt Stafford. And the Rams, a competitor, has just wasted away all of their future picks. If you're the if you're a Niners fan right now, you have to just be holding on tight that they don't do the same thing for Kirk Cousins. And I don't Stop. think they will. Stop. Don't I don't think dare. they will. Don't you dare. <laughs> but but I and that's why I was giving you shit about it yesterday. I will not survive. <laughs> If Here's the Niners the, turn around and do this trade for Kirk, what Cousins. you have to hope for is that Kirk is because Kirk's kind of a he, he's kind of a prima donna. If he asks for eight and the Niners say no, that's Steve Young's number, and he and he box at it, that's what your hope has got to be. The, if they get that far in the process, but then but then yeah. it screws it over, I think that, that that's a that's a saving grace. It'd here. be very interesting if the Niners go out and say, oh, you think this was a big deal, and they find a way to get Watson. Because what's interesting is that. There's, you know, there are reports that, okay, well, they're going to ask for two ones. They're going to ask for a couple of defensive players. Like, I love Nick Bosa. I think he's one of the, I love Nick Bosa. But you're not even blinking in giving up Nick Bosa. Whereas, I'm sure the Rams were like, we can't give up Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has literally, like, built our franchise yeah, up, for, yeah, you know, yeah. and carried it on Can you back. imagine if they, if they just gave up Donald instead? I think we'd be viewing this as a far better move. We'd give up Donald to get so Watson. So what if it was Donald and Goff? For Donald and Goff for Stafford, what did, what would you have thought? And assuming the money works, no, you barely improved it at no relative to the deal they just made. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't I, both of them suck in my yeah opinion. yeah. But which one's better? I don't know. That's tough, man. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think I'm in me, and I and I like I think. My opinion of interior defensive players has only gone up this year, but it's cleaner. But there, the, here's the problem with that though: you're you're making this trade to try and win a Super Bowl now, mm -hmm. so you need Aaron Donald to take you from ten wins to eleven wins, from mm -hmm. nine wins to ten wins. You cannot hope that right. The first round picks that you retain are not helping you with your current team. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's true. So you're like, you're bringing in Matt Stafford, like, hey, we're going to win now. By the way, we're keeping these two picks that in case you suck, they'll help us win five years later. I'm always, I'm always giving myself outs, though. Like, but I don't think it gives them that many more outs. I just think it lowers their ceiling for now, which is all they're playing yeah, for anyways. Yeah, yeah. The ship has, ship has already sailed on when are we trying to win a Super Bowl. Right. It's right now. So I, I, I don't like that trade either. I also love Aaron Donald. So yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's cleaner, right? Like, so somebody, our, our friend Tim Murray, also a visa and messaged me today and was asking about this, this proposed trade, Washington basically giving up Chase Young and a few draft picks for Deshaun Watson. And I mean, if I, if I can sucker Houston into lowering the, like into thinking that Chase Young is worth a one and a two, I mean, to me, that's just such a such a edge well, in the, the NFL. That's why the Niners and the Washington football team they have a le they have less of a long term connection to these star defensive players, yeah. and that will help them, I think, move it, that along. And you know, Houston is going to overvalue those two yeah. guys. And and it's why premium positions in the draft, and this is something we've we've been a little wrong on in the past. Premium positions in the draft are, are more valuable, like Chase Young is never going to be worth $20 million a year. Never going to be worth $25 million. But the delta between him being picked at two and making what he makes and then, you know, Frank Clark's contract is, like, huge, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can give, 
you know, Nick Bosa to to Houston with just two years left cost control to plus a, a and and they think, oh my God, I oh, look at this guy. I'll give I'll give you a fucking Khalil Mack picks, and then you can you can squeeze that in as a part of the as a part of the Watson deal and give up less draft capital, but just give up. I mean, it's okay. So. I, as especially I, if you're Washington, because their first round, they're, they're can draft- we focus on the team that matters here, which is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. If the Niners can do that, which I think this opens up the door for one. And I, we want to get on the Super Bowl, but as the last point I'll make, there is a Shanahan McVay rivalry that Shanahan right now has an opportunity, I think to win decisively because they can go in and bring in another quarterback that is decisively better than what the Rams have retain draft capital and then look at the Rams and be like, just laugh because you're, you've made your team better than they are right now and will be better than they are going forward because they have more capital to spend. Did, I, I just think that this would be very interesting to look at Did you know the Niners trade. were a top, ten, top five team this year in yards for play a lot? The Niners? Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they were great. Were they five? They, they, yeah. Robert Sala did a great job with that defense. But, but I mean, like you guys patched together. And granted – Look, you didn't win enough football games, but it's it has it had nothing to do with your defense being right like banged up. You know, Sherman was out; he's a terrific player. Um, you guys were playing Kerry Hyder's fat ass at defensive Stop. end, and he Kerry was Hyder's fine. Yeah. Like you, like if you guys got Watson and never got Bosa to play another snap for your team again, I think I think it would be very illustrative of what of the value difference between defensive ends and quarterbacks. Where I think people know that quarterbacks are more valuable valuable than defensive ends i don't think they think they believe it's an order of magnitude more and right. it is which is and hilarious it, it'd be massively uh it'd be sad for uh, the rams would be in a real tough spot they'd be potentially the fourth best team in the division after leveraging their future S- selling off their entire future to be the best they can be right now and still being the fourth best team in their division anyways We'll continue to talk about this certainly as the uh, next couple of weeks roll on because I anticipate there'll be a lot more movement on the quarterback front. Let's talk about the Super Bowl now. We're going to do some props. Line is still three, three and a half overall. Uh, total 56, 56 and a half. Um, it's not really, I mean. Which, I mean, do you feel any certain type of way about that? So Chiefs, um, Chiefs on pinnacle, minus three, minus 114. Bucks plus three is plus 10. Um, plus 103 totals and totals 56 some places 56 and a half others obviously if you like I mean this is just a place where you have to shop around don't use one book if you like over don't bet 56 and a half if you like under don't bet under 56 it's ridiculous right if you like Kansas City lay I, I there was a there was a, a really funny discussion on Twitter or some of our friends drew and Andy got into it Rufus about like you know the the t- the winner of the Super Bowl is covered eighty eight percent of the time. So just either lay the three, you know, you know the the point spread doesn't matter. It's like no, actually it does because you know the 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 difference between you know it's like eighty seven and a half percent basically. You know if the Chiefs win, they'll like it's priced into the market. So the, this number matters here. Um, I I think I believe it's short, but I don't know like. There's a ton of reasons why you could believe Tampa's inside here. Tampa has the most wins above replacement of any team in football. Um, the 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 problems they have from a coaching perspective are very acute. They they don't have their their play calling is good, not great. Mm-hmm. The defensive approach is good, not great. It's almost entirely Arians' decision making that pushes me away from them. Um, Kansas City, from a pure power rating perspective, is five points better than than the Bucks, but they're without their left tackle. Um, you know yeah. how much is that really worth? I rewatched the Week Twelve game today in preparation for the podcast, and I was surprised by a couple of things. First off, the Chiefs' defense did a really nice job of putting some pressure on Tom Brady. And um, what I came away with was that for the Bucks to score. It required Brady to be really awesome, whereas the Chiefs could pick up seven yards literally at will with, like, Mahomes' eyes closed. And and it looked like they didn't break a sweat the entire game. So <laughs> th- that really worries me in thinking about this game. And, like, the margin for error is just so much greater for the Chiefs. It just is. Always has been, right? All year. Yeah. 
And that's why that's the narrative of them just fucking around all season, right? And like, <laughs> so let me ask you this. I was looking at um, ways to bet the Chiefs because I think three, three and a half, depending on where it is. I have Tampa Bay futures. If people listen to our podcast, hopefully they do as well. Sorry about Green Bay, by the way. Now, the limits here might be smaller, but Mahomes MVP at minus 120. I have a really hard time giving Mahomes. People will take Mahomes and whatever he does, and it'll be amazing to them. You yeah. know? If the, if the Chiefs win, them not giving Mahomes the MVP would be just mind-bending yeah. to me. Yeah. So I like that in terms of you know potential hedge there. I also really like Brady MVP at plus 190. Right. The Bucks are about plus 150, plus 160 to win. You, The only thing that you could see here, I mean, the last time Mike Remmer started a Super Bowl, the guy he went disaster, up against yeah. uh, against got the MVP in Von Miller. The the game is, I think, a little different now. Here, Here's here's the difference, though. Tom Brady can still throw the ball 20-plus yeah. yards downfield. Peyton Manning could not. Well, there's also, there's also a huge bias. Last season – you could have made the case for Damian Williams to win the MVP. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people were pissed that he didn't. A lot of people have bet in. I mean, Mahomes threw two interceptions. They're still the only two interceptions he's ever thrown in the, in the uh, postseason. Um, you know, he didn't play well for basically three quarters. And he still got the MVP because they came back. Yep. And the majority of his plays, I mean, he had one big play to Hill, one big play to Watkins. But the majority of the time was almost all, like, kind of his playmakers making plays. And so from the quarterback MVP, like there is a smaller sliver. I think there is an edge here. Whereas if you're talking about alternative spreads to the game, so let's say you want to lay seven and a half with mm -hmm. Chiefs plus 175. All of these are like anybody who tells you that any one of these bets is better than the other is 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 lying because they're all priced in, you know, and the market is sharp. The Super Bowl has more public money, but these markets are sharp. So anybody that tells you, hey, I like Chiefs minus seven and a half plus one seventy-five is just saying, I like the Chiefs and I want more of a payout. They're not saying this bet is any better than the minus three that the market's giving you. I, I think you're dead on. All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put in at least 20 bucks, you're going to get an opportunity to use promo code PFF and receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's right, $20 in the Monkey Knife Fight, which is an awesome place to go play daily fantasy and prop games, and you get a $40 subscription for the next year. So go to Monkey Knife Fight, make it happen, that Edge subscription, it gets you a draft guide, which a new edition is coming out the day after the Super Bowl. So go make it happen. Enjoy the Super Bowl and everything else that Monkey Knife Fight has to offer with promo code PFF. Uh, I have, I, I, well, let me give you a couple first because they're actually in line with what you just talked about. I wanted to get your take on this. Total in the game, 56, 56 and a half. But I was looking at a, a particular book and I noticed that the quarter totals uh, you know, don't don't quite add up, right? In fact, the quarter totals in some places can add up to as little as like 51, 52. Right. And I looked at both the third and the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, 14 and a half, minus 110. Third quarter, over 10 and a half, plus 100. And thinking about the way this game goes, if you expect there to be an advantage on the offensive, uh, on the defensive line for the Bucks and them to take advantage of it in the game, then it's going to happen in the first half, just like it did with the 49ers. But by the time the game wears on, as you get to the fourth quarter, Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to figure it out, and they are going to put up points. Yeah. Now, on the, if, the other, if the opposite is true and the Chiefs have a lead, well, then Tom Brady's going to be airing it out down the field. It's the only thing they have. They only have a vertical game. So, well, and the Chiefs have, you know, beside, last week even, when they won by two touchdowns, They've given up plays in the fourth quarter because they don't really care about. They, they're clearly a team that doesn't care about the statistics they give up. Yeah. Um. And they they're a team that will allow things to the middle of the field that puff thing puff stats up. So I bet both of those, and I'm curious your thoughts on them. No, I I like that. Um, you know, you got to be aware of the juice there as far as the numbers, but but yeah, I mean that that's clearly implying that that um you know that that's clearly implying that they they see the game going a certain way. Um. So I, I like it. I, I do like this game picking up. Um, we saw it with the last Super Bowl. There was, what, 20 points the first first half and then 31 in the second half? I mean, it's implying 25 points for the second half in a game with a total of 56. Right, exactly. Well, and, and especially a situation where if Tampa's ahead, 
I mean, the Chiefs have never not come back. Yeah. And the, the one playoff game they've lost with Mahomes, they came back from 14 down at halftime. And, you know, that game, by the way, was 14 nothing. Total on that game was, like, in the high 50s and went over. Like, everybody's, you know, yeah. you probably thought you had the lock of the century at halftime and Mahomes the, and Brady. I, I have not bet the side since betting uh, AFC winner minus one and a half, but I have bet the over yeah. almost every day well, and, there <laughs> were, but, and there were incongruencies in the price like if you looked at um there were some places i know bet chris was 56 over one over was minus 105 and then there were but then there was you know uh one of the sharper but you know pinnacle obviously one of the sharpest books if not the sharpest um was you know shaded to the over so there were a number of like incongruencies there so obviously if you shopped around you sort of got a almost a no hold bet there but here's one that I like, and I think that this plays really into um, where I see this game going. Give and it to I, me. And I got a good number. So I got Patrick Mahomes under 330 and a half passing yards at minus 120. I think there's a, there's a sizable edge there. Um, our most places, so DraftKings and FanDuel, you have at 325 and a half, minus 112. That only represents, you know, it's at five, five yards more. Minus 120 for me was 6%. Minus 112 was 4% with five yards fewer. So I think Mahomes has only gone over 300 yards in a posting game like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his total last week was like 36 and a half. I think everybody bet over, fucking go seven total yards. I mean, I think that people are starting, are thinking, okay, the Chiefs are not going to run the football in this game. I also think they, they, they've seen Mahomes get behind in the past and just dink and dunk, you know, or sorry, like, like legitimately throw his team ahead. There's a significant fraction of, the, of this game where the Chiefs w- get ahead in a more balanced attack, you know, big plays, but also penalties. Like, I think you're going to see some mugging of the Chiefs receivers downfield oh, to yeah. avoid the 70 yard. They're going to make. And those yards don't count. They are going to make the refs call some penalties. Those yards don't count. And it. we didn't see. And in the, in the NFC. test the uh, how much do you want Brady to win this And in the championship maybe. round. Those weren't called. I think you're going to see a little bit of a pullback and you're going to see some big penalties called. If you get a 50-yard pass interference penalty, it's huge. It, it's huge on this prop. To me, you're kind of if you bet Kansas City, but you're also betting this. I think it's a good companion bet in the sense of if Mahomes just stinks, you're going to win this bet. And if the Chiefs get out ahead and and you know slow the car down a little bit, he might make you sweat it because the Chiefs are still going to throw when they're mm-hmm. ahead. But I do, like 330 and a half is an absurd prop for a passing yardage total. We haven't seen this basically all year. It's ridiculous. It's very high. The one concern I would have is that Tampa Bay is going to sell out to stop the run. That I could just already see. Which, which are you just saying you like the Chiefs minus three? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just telling you they're going to sell out to stop the run. Um, I have two that, that kind of go together here. Tom Brady over half a rushing yard plus 155. If you're telling me that 43-year-old Tom Brady isn't getting a sneak for a yard, you're high. Uh, and then Brady under two and a half carries. So you could potentially hit both, but if you're if you're going to lose the rushing yards, then under two and a half carries is a pretty good shot. I th- that's obviously saying kneel down so Yeah, yeah, the but. kneel downs. I like the attempts one more. We bet that two Super Bowls yep. ago with Brady, and we got we only got that because the Rams missed that like try backdoor field goal mm-hmm. at the end with Zerline, but um, that was not a bad one. Okay, here's one that I like. Daryl Williams, Priest Holmes number. Your boy. Under 30 and a half rushing yards. I would take this out to minus 125. Le'Veon Bell is going to play in this game. Some. I don't know how much. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is two weeks more healthy in this game. Williams is not the guy they run. Like, Williams in a perfect world is not their running back, running back. He's more of like what they said Fat Lenny was in Tampa prior to playoff Lenny emerging. Um, So... I like this one. There's also one on DraftKings, and I believe I said this on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. There's one, and I think the price is still the same. Leonard Fournette minus 159 to rush for more yards than Daryl Williams. Mm. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that Fournette. I I. What's the opposite of thinking the world of some? I think <laughs> you think nothing of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, but I think he'll rush for more yards than Daryl Williams in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. So this is one that, it, by the way, the props tool you can go check it. I just mentioned this um, as we were getting into this uh, segment, but the props tool has a, a large number of the Super Bowl props up there, so you can go check them all out. And the one that I'm going against our props tool on, 
is Leonard Fournette touchdowns. I'm betting that he scores an anytime touchdown, and I'm betting that he scores two plus touchdowns. Why? Because of karma. Okay, that's why. Because if I bet the other side of it, you can guarantee. So I'm I'm taking a bullet for all of you out there. Okay, and I'm betting on Leonard Fournette touchdown two plus. By touchdowns. the way, has there ever been a more so his touchdown run against Green Bay? Epic, epic, magical. This is what I miss about COVID, right? This is what I miss during COVID. It's I miss still going on. I miss yes. While we're in COVID, this is what I miss about yeah, life. Okay. Let me re- re- reorient this. I miss the absolute broke ass player on the basketball court grabbing a rebound and going coast to coast and doing like a pearl, doing like a shake, oh, this, and laying the you ball. Mean, you mean this is what you miss from pre-COVID? Yeah, pre-COVID. Uh, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Go, going miss, to play a little pickup and I, one guy sucks having one magical play. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And and Fournette just like running through the the Packers defense, like using. Like Twice as much energy as anyone yeah. would have. To. Like Raheem Mostert just went A to B. Touchdown, touchdown. Fat Lenny went from A to Z. He went through the whole back alphabet. Back to W to B. And he then went through the whole like, alphabet. I, man, and he's going to do it. If you, bet, if you bet under Fat Lenny touchdowns in the Super Bowl, he is going to do this. Yeah, so I'm doing it for everyone. <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by our friends at pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items that are up for auction. Sign helmets, balls, jerseys, and much more. Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every single product. Use promo code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. Okay, here are my last two that I have um, right now. And and we're going to record again on Wednesday night, so I'll give you some more. But um, Travis Kelsey, scoring the first touchdown is plus 600. Scoring a touchdown at any point, depending on where you look, is minus 165, minus 175. Tyreek Hill ate the Buccaneers alive in the game in Week 12. This is going to be Travis Kelsey's time, okay? Devin White, not great in coverage. He's going to have to blitz. Um, I just think that they're going to pay way more attention to those guys downfield, and Travis Kelsey is going to absolutely eat. So I like both of those. And then here's the other one. Mikael Hardman under four and a half receptions. Why? Because he's going to drop. Is that really his number? I think so. Oh, my. Yeah, I mean, I see it at two and a half. Is that just our oh, prop really? stool? Like, Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I messed that up. So let's forget the Mecole Hardman one. You can edit that out. Uh, but I like Travis Kelsey score first touchdown. And uh, I like the Travis Kelsey bet a lot, man. I mean, here's the thing. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'll take Mecole Hardman under two and a half receptions anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a good bet in the Super Bowl too, right? Like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if they give you a Demarcus Robinson prop, under. Because last year we took Robinson under and – he like barely played in the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to play a ton here either. If they, I don't care what the number is, you just go. I mean, if it's a half a reception, just go under because I don't think they're going to go with him. Um, here's here's the last one I'll take, and I've taken this basically the whole postseason. I got dinged on it against the football team, but he's been good since. I would take Mike Evans under four and a half receptions. I would take it out to minus one forty five. Here's why: the Chiefs are a very good defense against wide receivers, and I think while Godwin is a terrific football player, I think the Chiefs will view him as less dangerous than Evans. Yep. And so they will they'll pro it, it's sort of like, you know, when when you're picking up a blitz, you you block, you know, in to out. That's the most dangerous like I think the Chiefs when they when they go into football games, they they view receivers from the most dangerous to the least dangerous and they will let the least dangerous guy catch eight balls. Um but Evans to me I think is the most dangerous for them and and he's a physical guy he's not that fast and the chiefs corners for all the good things they've done and they were awesome against buffalo are not fast right they match up well with evans they're big physical guys um so if if a receiver blows up in this game for tampa it's going to be godwin scotty miller or or uh uh bell or antonio brown um if he's healthy evans is going to be the guy that's left out here so give me under four and a half i love it All right, we'll be back on Wednesday night. Uh, The Daily Betting Podcast will be out on Tuesday morning. We're going to have a kind of live show facsimile this week. We're going to record something earlier in the week, do some segments on props, um, uh, other things involving the game. I can't think right now. But you get the the picture. Plenty of content for you on PFF.com. Plus, Super Bowl 25, that promo code is still rocking. You get 25% off any 
annual subscription elite or edge or any of the college ones uh draft guide is out go check it out it's awesome thanks for hanging out with us we'll see you guys later peace